0: You are now listening to Home Girls Unite. Please do not listen to this podcast whilst cooking, cleaning or doing any childcare related activities. Sit back and
1: enjoy your life. Your whole big life. All of that ahead of you. <laughs> How are
0: you, Yasin? Hi. Um, I'm alright. I'm just... You feel One you of feeling a bit I feel a bit... Ugh, I don't... I can't be asked. That's for me. The last couple days, yeah, it's been a lot, man. It's It's been very much a rough week for everyone, and I've been sick. I'm just over it. I'm over. I'm over this year. I'm ready to leave this year behind. I'm
1: over this country, man.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm actually. (laughs) I was even looking to move this week. At some point, I looked into real That's how bad my week's been. So. Oh,
1: God. Hope the coming week is better. Inshallah. Hope the coming day, just day by day, In it. Yeah. What, what else can you do? Exactly. Um, but, yeah, sorry, guys. Sometimes it just be like that. Don't mean to be heavy <laughs> bitches, but. Uh it is what it is, oh, is. Uh, and <laughs> um, this week we're joined by a lovely guest who we are actually very excited about <laughs> despite our kind of moods um, we're joined by the lovely Hadiza again um, and Hadiza is joining us from Nigeria to talk to us about what's happening there and what we can do to support so hello Hadiza welcome
2: hello guys
1: How's it going?
2: I'm fine, thank you. Are Uh, you feeling a bit better than us? Well, uh, (laughs) I don't know how good you're feeling, but I don't think so. It's been been crazy all around the world recently, so it's been
1: heavy. Um, so you're in Nigeria, right? What part of Nigeria are you in?
2: Okay, right now I live in Abuja, the capital. Mm -hmm
1: amazing um and for those people who didn't hear your previous podcast episode which you guys should definitely go listen to um where adiza talks to us about being a mother to a daughter who's hopefully going to be their eldest daughter <laughs> um and how and how she's you know managing or how she's changing the way that her daughter's being brought up um but for those people who did not listen to that uh, episode Adiza, could you just introduce yourself
2: okay so Hi, I'm a mom of one, blogger, early childhood certified practitioner. Um, Yeah, basically that's like the short version of what I am, but really I'm just like a mom of one, just trying to figure this out day by day. I'm also a public health um, practitioner. So um, my blog is really about bringing all of that in career, childhood, motherhood, homeschooling I do a lot of homeschooling stuff and, and yeah that's just me
1: amazing thank you um, and we'll link your like blog and stuff underneath it in the description thank you. um but thank you so much for joining we really wanted to talk to you today about what's happening in Nigeria and like the hashtag NSARS movement that's happening there um especially like from someone who's on the ground um so, so you can kind of paint a picture for us about what's happening um, and really the different ways that we can we can help. Um, so can we just start by, like, talking about what this movement is and, like, how did it start?
2: Okay, so, and soft, um, it was a movement to push for the cancelling on just total disbanding of the um special anti-robbery s- squad of the police nigerian police force it was a squad that was created i think about in the 90s 1992 to be precise i think um to target cyber crime robbery and just like the criminal and intention- intelligence part of the police force under it i think but at the end of the day this units became just morphed into something else and it wasn't really doing what it was created for i mean if you look a certain way act a certain way certain way meaning rich or if you come around having things like maybe the flashy new phones or laptops i mean really doesn't even have to be flashy you were all somehow seen as a target to this unit they could pick you up they could arrest you they could make you go to your bank account to get money you know so it was they were really as far as i'm concerned they weren't really doing the job that they were set out for they um they were like profiling people and tagging them as cyber criminals and robbers and i think this this movement, to be very honest, has been on and off for the past five years. But this recent one started online I when um there was a video of some people being shot by the SAS unit, some SARS officials, and it was circulating. And it just triggered this new, fresh online protest to start all over again. And this time it had a different wave behind it. It was, there was no face to it. It was just everybody saying, you know what? We are officially done. We don't want this anymore. We do not want um, the government to come and tell us that this unit has been disbanded. And then the next thing they are back on the street again, which is something that has been told to us for years now, for like four years now. So. Yeah, I think Nigerians were just done. with. We were just done. And honestly, SARS was just, it's just one of the things that Nigerians were just done with, but it was just one thing that people were scared and tired of living with, and they were just, we all just wanted it gone.
1: Hmm. And then, so is it a thing where um, it was pretty well known what SARS do? So like, is it a thing where if someone got stopped by SARS, And you told your friend, oh, yeah, I got stopped by them. Was it like a common thing that was happening? People just understood what they were and what they do?
2: Yes. Yes. I mean, if you did tell someone that you got by SARS, it's like instant fear. Like, oh, my God, what happened? How did you get out of it? It was just because, I mean, like I said, they were already... Now known and accused for extortion, for rape, for murder, for torture, for harassment of different sorts. So, just hearing that you were caught by SARS, it's instant fear. It was like people would understand, and if for any reason someone did not immediately get why or what SARS was, or why you were like being taken by them. The minute they start to hear the stories, you would realise fast that this is not normal. Like, this is... There's something wrong somewhere.
1: Mm -hmm. And was it commonplace across Nigeria? Or was it only in particular places?
2: No, like, literally every single state in Nigeria um, has SARS officials. The only... I mean I can't even exclude any states I can't even include not- um exclude northern states some northern states that are probably going through um effects of Boko Haram and everything maybe i i can't i can't really speak for those states but I can mm-hmm. tell you that it's in every state in the country
1: that's crazy and And since the movements have been happening, like, so we've obviously been watching online and we've been kind of following what's happening. Um, It just seems like it's just growing and just growing and growing. And like now when people, so I've seen like three videos now where people have found um, storage units that have all these supplies that were meant to be for people during this whole pandemic. Um, And just people just keep it, it just seems like it's morphing. So it started off as, a thing against SARS and now it's just morphing to just like a whole movement against um any kind of injustice really that people have been facing for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw another video for example this morning of um I think there's a an official who's an official for Nigeria in Austria. And people were attacking him, and they were like, "It's just, it's grown." I've seen protests here. There's protests in Canada. There's protests across America, and it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing to see the kind of com- the the companionship and the the thing that everyone's noticing it now, and all eyes are really on Nigeria. And mm-hmm. um, but I just wanted to find out a bit more about it. What has it been like on the ground for you? Like, has it has it impacted your day-to-day? Is it something, are people talking about it? Because I know at the beginning, I was seeing tweets about um, a lot of the young people who are online are aware of it, but their parents, for example, weren't aware of what's happening because they're not online. So is it a thing that, is that change now? Is it, is it something that everyone's talking about? Like, can you just kind of paint a picture of what it's like at the moment?
2: Okay, so I think right now, like you said, um, first, it everybody is talking about it yes i mean not everybody you know is probably online as much as you are but it started with some people's parents saying oh my god you guys don't do this don't protest just keep quiet they'll do what it is you want some people's parents went as far as saying oh my god the protesters the protesters are thugs they are hoodlums and it took a lot of people just being patient and you know correcting them and educating them and now for my own family, for example, my dad was sick for a while and then he came back and then he found out everything that was happening and, I mean, he he, he catches up pretty fast even without anybody telling him anything. But for my mom, it's like, we just kept talking and, and siblings kept talking and um enlightening them and, you know, telling them things that they needed to hear, really. So now, yeah, I can say most people i mean when we when i did go out for one protest and when i went out for a protest i mean we saw people that were much older than us that like were our parents age mates you know like supporting us and chanting on and even in lagos if you if you had watched any of the videos of protests in lagos you would have seen just a few people in the crowd that looked considerably older than the rest so um i think yes most like it's it's a wave that maybe started out online started out amongst young people but the people that lose their lives to sars are people's children so yes parents are affected some parents know what this story is about some parents know how unfair this whole sars thing has been and like you mentioned sars yes it started out as sars but the truth is everybody really was just entire. was just tired of the injustice, was just tired of the incompetence of the government as a whole. So it was just us really standing up to say, we didn't want to be killed anymore. We did not want our parents to keep losing their kids anymore. We did not want our families to be, you know, void of certain people just because mm-hmm. they lost their lives for things they didn't even know anything about. So, mm-hmm. while if affected parents, um, yeah, they they some parents knew about it. Some older people were maybe not very enlightened by it, but they are now, and mm-hmm. yeah, and that's, how that's, it, that's how it's been, and that's that's how it is now currently. Currently, I mean, people have lost kids during this protest, so there's mm-hmm. no way that you can tell me it was the same. Like, we all feel the same way it started. We don't feel the same way right now, basically. Even parents, mm-hmm. older generation, younger generations included, we all don't feel the same way right now.
1: Mm-hmm. And And what's it been like in terms of, like, news and people talking about cuz at the beginning again i saw things about oh you know these protesters are thugs these protesters are just young people who yeah. have no kind of behavior so what's it been like now like since um obviously everything that happened um on tuesday in lekki and and people calling it like a massacre like it was actually a massacre the army came out they were shooting at people peaceful protesters yeah. um so what has it been like has has there been a shift in the way that news outlets are talking about it Mm.
2: so honestly for example i don't have um i don't watch tv anymore i mean like not normal tv channels but i kept asking my sister what has been happening is it true like nobody has been reporting anything and honestly like the cheap, even when Leckie, the the Lekki massacre happened during the time it was happening, that international channels, international news channels, were actually reporting on it, and local news channels, most of them weren't. We only had one news channel that was um, Arise TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was looking. I was following their live stream. Yes, Arise TV kept reporting on it online. Um, on tv everywhere and i mean i think everybody's focus just meant to arise tv now because we knew we're we're not going to get the truth from anywhere else since the beginning of the protest most tv stations were just exempt from it they were just i mean even this i mean i heard i was listening to the radio and Mm -hmm. oap speak up on it it's just oh be safe out there don't do this and do that and do music I beg mm. anything about it driving across the street. I mean, like, if I didn't have my phone, I would not have known the intensity, which I really didn't because when it started, I did not have my phone for a while. And then mm-hmm. I come back online and I'm like, well, this is crazy. Like, is it because I don't have, I don't watch TV. I'm not mm-hmm. hearing anything in person as much as it's going out online. And that was how it was consistently for a while. Mm -hmm. this lucky massacre thing and i think some tv stations were just forced to say something but honestly there's just a handful of them that actually being honest and saying the truth or actually properly reporting on this whole issue even Mm if even when they do report it's very you know very light very just Mm. yeah just out of just saying it by name just to
1: put it there but not actually going into it I understand and and obviously all of this is happening whilst COVID is happening right yeah so it's like a pandemic within a pandemic really Mm -hmm. um so what's it been like because um I know in in different countries everyone seems to be handling COVID and the, the whole crisis in a different way um and it seems like for example Vietnam and a number of Asian countries are seem to be over it like they're done with it it's all sorted yeah whereas us here in the UK it's it's stop and start stop and start stop and start so I just wanted to know like what has it been like in Nigeria um is it still like certain lockdown measures are the people still you know wearing masks and stuff like what's happening um and then like kind of going into, like, how has it been dealing with the pandemic within a pandemic, really?
2: Okay, so, yeah, people are wearing masks. People are still trying to be socially distant, And, I mean, there's no lockdown anymore. But since the protest started, I think a lot of people just, like, you know, picked one over the other because it was like, it was like um, we had to, um, SARS was killing us out there. It was, for some people, SARS was worse than COVID. There are people that live in certain areas that get raided on and off. So, um, yeah, it was just like a matter of life or death. Like, I can decide to stay indoors and not protest and not say anything, but then tomorrow you can hear that someone's going, someone you know is dead because of SARS. And so we got our mask, I went out on the streets. But then, since the Lekki massacre since everything has happened there's been some kind of unrest in every state even in places where they had like relatively less violence i mean here since the Lekki massacre businesses closed like i went out and businesses were closed businesses were i mean i had someone that i normally called to send me like food and stuff and they told me okay no we're not coming we're not we're closing now we're not opening today tomorrow and it was crazy i mean it felt like a whole um lockdown again because i was also scared to go out for a while um i had i've been indoors since 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 tuesday i mean, it's not just the fear of what's going on outside it's just i think the overwhelming sadness of it all the fact that we we tried this and it didn't happen and then there, there were people that also I mean for Nigerians I think it's picking between COVID and what's worse now you said you've been seeing people um looting palliative centers and all of that it's like picking between okay I can stand in this crowd and get food for my family and then know for sure that nobody's going to die of hunger or we can stay indoors and be safe from COVID and eventually die from hunger so I I think for us that's what also SARS meant. It was you could stay indoors, right? And go out for only what you need and mm-hmm. SARS could still kill you. And you will be safe from mm-hmm. COVID anyway, but SARS could still mm-hmm. kill you. So yeah, living in Nigeria just feels like that. Speaking between the devil and deep blue sea. I mean, I mm-hmm. I can't shame anybody for their decisions or for you know wanting to do certain things or mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you wear your mask, you social distance, you use your, wash your hands, and all of that. But there are certain places where those measures, and we know that those measures don't really hold as much water as they would hold in certain controlled mm-hmm. environments. But mm-hmm. um, it it is yeah. what it is really. It's just picking between what you have to do and COVID.
1: Mm-hmm. And and I like like you said it's it's just like an overwhelming sadness. Yeah. I think this whole week has just been like really heavy, um, and it just seems like very ongoing. It was the same thing, obviously, when the Black Lives Matter movement was going and the protests that yeah. were happening, and it's like you're watching, and it's just like just an overwhelming sadness. Like, where can we be safe? Yeah. And I think for me personally, it's kind of taken away the the idea that okay, you know you can always go back home, there's like safety in the countries like that we come from. And then watching all these videos, it just feels like, no, there's there's literally no safety anywhere. Yeah, exactly. um, and, and it's just been very, very hard. Um, and I just kind of wanted to ask, like, how has this really changed your outlook? Like, has it changed? Like, did you protest before? Did you see the importance of protesting before? Is it something that, has changed really like your outlook on how we should protest or how we should really kind of dismantle these systems that are in place to harm us?
2: Yeah. Um. So my outlook has actually really changed. This, this was my first protest ever in my life. I never protested before. Um, but at first it felt really great to be part of a generation that's actually standing up for something right because i mean we've we've been called different names the president actually called us lazy we've been thought of as so many things but just seeing what we could do just standing up realizing that it wasn't just twitter it wasn't just instagram we 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 came together and we decided to meet in certain places and protest and to do certain things and to put our money in certain places and it it really gave me hope but seeing what happened in Lekki for me it I think all that hope just kind of went down the toilet because it was very scary it was it was scary realizing that that could have been anybody that could have happened to anybody I mean during during the protest that I went for, there were um we we stopped at the National Assembly and the military came out and there were people around me panicking. And I kept saying, don't panic, the military is not going to do anything to us. They won't shoot, they won't they won't hurt us, just stand. And <laughs> my naivety was <laughs> it was peak because the military actually caught um, sticks and hit some people around me. And we ran and everything. And that was exactly what the people in Leki thought. The military will not shoot at us. The military will not harm us. And that was exactly what they did. So just seeing that play out was was very jarring for me. I'm sorry. I think I'm tearing up. <laughs> but... um no, of course. Yeah. it was sorry. It was very hard to see how a country could just turn on its citizens for doing nothing for just standing up to say you know what we don't want this anymore and Mm -hmm. there there are many layers to to it for example there are other people fighting for their life even within this moment movement there are quite Mm -hmm. people saying don't kill us don't you know we don't want to be killed by SARS we are like double targets and it's like if i can feel this much fear like how much more fear do they feel um it's it, it was just insane like i don't know how to come off i like, come out of it some in some ways i wonder like what could we have done better how could we have protested better what because we kept saying we don't have a leader this is all our voices this is this is what we want. If you want us to speak some say something, we will all say it together. But that did not work. Because we felt this was a different way to protest. We did not want someone to come and say, Oh, I'm a leader from this place. And then they go there and then they say something different. And the government comes out and say, Well, but your leader said this and that. We were like, No, this is all we want. We want SARS to be ended. And that did not work. And felt like we paid for our lives for asking for asking to be safe, for asking them to save our lives, like the irony is just insane. Um, hmm. a lot of people keep saying, "Don't lose hope; things will change. We're going to change things when we vote." But sometimes it's, I mean, is that what we? A part of me keeps feeling like it's that all we are going to keep doing, waiting for every four years, like if we vote someone in and we it turns out that. They really don't have an interest at heart. Then wait for another four years to vote them out. It's Like, what else can we do to mm. think about accountability in leadership? Um, and one thing that I've had people around me say is, um, community interventions. It's talking to um people around us, talking to grassroots, going around and talking to people that maybe don't have a formal education people but they know you there are people in your community people that can relate with you maybe you can speak the local language and explaining all these things to them explaining why it is important to come out and vote explaining why it is important not to sell your vote for like a bag of rice or for food you can put on your table for a month it's like explaining why our votes are important to keep us safe for the next four years and yeah that has come up It's like I don't know, the the way we like I said, for example, feminist I don't know if you've ever heard of feminist coalition. There were mm-hmm. yeah, there were a group of women that came out during this whole SARS thing and it doing did, amazing work. Yeah, amazing. And I feel like those women give me more hope than anything else that has given me hope this period. It's like if they could do that, then we could do so much more. But mm-hmm. time, there's so much more chaos there's so much more madness and it's like at the end of the day we are only just regular people it's it's like mm-hmm. can we really fight this can we really fight this and win this without losing mm-hmm. more people without because losing people for me is like the peak like we don't want mm-hmm. everybody keeps saying oh you, some people keep thinking that people have their lives have to be lost but I personally don't want anybody... Like, the country has lost too many lives. So many people at the hand of SARS, at the hand of disease. It's like, enough. Like, let's, you know, just come together and not lose any more people, especially avoidable losses. So for me, I'm I'm really, uh, yo yo in between having hope that my generation will do something great And having hope that that something might not be enough. And losing hope Um, that something will not be enough.
0: um, It's really sad to hear you and your voice. And when we started recording, I could hear that you you sound drained and with a heavy heart. And um, I just wanted to know, like, what have you been doing to kind of make sure that although you're fighting this fight to also keep yourself sane because you have to look after your child as well and there's all these things going on how do you balance with making sure that you're okay as well
2: um honestly I don't think I've been doing great with my mental health but then the one thing that I've tried to do is for my kids is just keep homeschooling her i stopped for a while because i was sick and i had deadlines and then this whole protest thing came about and i was just like you know what i'm i'm just not that kind of person that can divide her attention um with with too many things but after a while i just like my kid started craving just her normal day to day and it was it wasn't planned but just doing that just living my life like normal homeschooling her playing with her just staying with my family more like not just staying with them in the house but actually like just talking and having light-hearted conversations like not fighting or anything it just helped me a lot and keeping in touch with um my my other family members that don't live with me um, but it it it's been hard because sometimes I want to talk to other people, but I really can't because it's like next thing you know we are talking about oh my God Nigeria is Ugh. and you next thing you're down. But with my kid it's fairies and unicorns and for a little <laughs> while um I'm away from the madness that the world is. But um. <laughs> i know my kid my sister keeps telling me i need to you know just take some time off get some help to make sure that i don't spiral but sometimes i feel like maybe i'm also privileged to think that way i i don't know right now i i, I question a lot of things about my privilege because i like lots of people that don't even have that and sometimes i wonder like how do they manage? Like the people that were in that massacre, like how do they live after that? And how do we? How do you help those people? How do you help people that don't even know they need therapy? Like I was in my house mm-hmm. and I was hearing loud sounds and I kind of thought they were gunshots and that was when I knew officially I was traumatized by all of this and I I, I was like how how do how do you help? other people around you it's all i've been thinking it's literally what has clouded my whole mind since this whole thing happened
0: um i just wanted to say um remember like it starts at home like in order before you can help everyone else you have to make sure that you're 100 you're good and um i pray that you you're able to overcome this and um, get um, any help that you need in, in if it's going to be therapy or otherwise. And then, I think things will things will happen. It might not be today or tomorrow, but Inshallah, I pray. Like honestly, I don't. It's a lot, and I can't even imagine what you guys are going through. So, um just I say look after yourself um because you have a baby depending on you and make sure that you're good and everyone else um can get their support after after you're good so I think focus on that for now
2: yeah I think this is where the elder daughter thing kicks in where, yeah <laughs> <laughs> where I want to help everybody else but then again like you said you're like 100% right and I've also realized that like I'm just one person mm-hmm. um, there's only so much I can do I mean it's not my efforts really like it's not I'm not going to do one thing that's going to topple the government today it's yeah. a continuous it's just continuous Little things, doing mm-hmm. things that I can do, educating myself, my child, and you know, just doing as much as I can do in my own space. I mean, it is an overwhelming headspace to be in right now. I can't like, just constantly reminding myself, I'm just one person, and yeah, I can do as much as I can do. But it's just, it's just it's really a lot. Hard. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah,
0: and I think maybe schedule. One of our girls was saying, schedule crying sessions like, be like, at 5 pm tomorrow, I'm just gonna dedicate this time to crying. Um, I apparently, have, it helps.
2: <laughs> my crying sessions just come like spontaneously, and I'm like, um, I yeah. told myself I was going to cry yesterday, not today.
0: <laughs> you kind of um, missed your schedule there yeah. a bit. Uh, Um, I feel like this is a heavy topic so I don't want you I don't want to traumatise you anymore but um, we just wanted to have you on to kind of let more people know what's going on and um, how can we support like what can we do to support the movement
2: thank you so right now I would have said um, feminist coalition like Mm -hmm. donate to them but they're not accepting any donations anymore the government has officially said no more protests but the thing that we're not stopping is tweeting the hashtag and sars so Mm -hmm. honestly i know other people from other countries have their own problems but i think right now honestly the best thing you can do is probably follow feminist coalition (laughs) and they are not I don't know anybody from Feminist Coalition. I'm just mentioning their name so much because they have been the absolute... Yeah,
0: so they've been doing amazing yeah, stuff. Around.
2: But Honestly, just, like, follow them because they've also been, like, up to date with um, news and events and things that have been happening surrounding this NSAS um, protest and just the whole thing in general. Um, just keep tweeting. Just keep maybe keeping an eye out open for any changes anything that happens that you think that the world that should that you think that should be shared like on maybe the world should know about certain things right now it's calm but a lot of people feel like we're sitting ducks which i hope we're not mm-hmm. but yeah really that's all that can be done i still keep tweeting using the hashtag i still keep you know saying this is the, the government says SARS has been ended or disbanded or whatever, but it really hasn't. Right now, there's a pause, like I said. There are lootings and everything, everywhere. And ironically, you don't even see police going to help or curb some of these things that are happening compared to the way they came out when there were protests. So I'm hoping that when the looting stop, they don't turn their attention back to regular um, individuals on the streets minding their own business. I'm hoping that really there would not be any SARS officials on the street because one problem with the SARS units is the way that they are also dressed. You cannot tell if these are real SARS officials or they are just regular hoodlums that have somehow managed to get their clothes printed with SARS and police and whatever. It's so It's so easy for anybody to pretend to be a sars official so i'm hoping that these things change i'm hoping that the government really does take a good look into these things and actually you know i i at this point I, I i don't really care how much of a change comes it's just just let's see something we don't deserve to keep dying at the hands of sars it's just really all anybody can do is just look out for the hashtag and just see any events that is happening and I'm praying nothing worse happens but fingers crossed if anything does happen you find it with the answers hashtag yeah. and maybe if news outlets decide to pick up any story but really that's all we are doing right now is just watching.
0: No, that sounds, um, that sounds like something that we can all do to, um, help and, um, the internet is an amazing source, so we can, we can do a lot and hopefully something, people didn't lose their lives in vain and, um, something can, something good can come off, come off of this, um, we don't want to keep you away from your baby anymore. She's been very quiet. Um, she
2: actually, <laughs> left me for a while, so. Um, oh okay. Yeah.
0: I was like, "What did you bribe her with?" <laughs> yeah, she left
2: me. I'm just lucky my yeah. dad's around, so she. Oh, me, like, okay. oh, well, she <laughs> found someone else. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. Hopefully, if anything happens feminist coalition will know about it if donations start to pour in if, um, if donations are open rather than we'll know about it if a physical protest start again we'll know about it so yeah um, just keep an eye out for that on twitter
0: will do thank you so thank much. you so much you. And you <laughs> I said, and look after yourself, and keep posting your pictures. Because that girl, I tell, when I if I ever come to Nigeria, I'm coming to babysit her.
2: <laughs> no, I, no problem. She's, you can have her. Can have, her. <laughs> have, have other aunties to fun for her.
0: <laughs> she looks. She's living her best life. Honestly. She she is. Is. <laughs> Oh I'm glad. Well thank you so much guys and uh, like you as you heard we're gonna put the feminist coalition link on the on the description for this. Thank you. And um you guys can support that way and yeah, till next week.
2: Thank you. And okay. you guys safe too, please?
0: Thank oh thank yeah, you. I'm always sleeping so <laughs>
1: Thank you so much.
2: (laughs) All right, thank. Have a good week, guys. Bye.
1: Bye.